Welcome back to Seattle Sucks, a podcast about hating the city we love. I'm sure that, like us, you are all hunkered down for this mega storm snowpocalypse because this is the first episode in show history that is completely remote. So, Brian, I've got you on the phone, right? Uh, yes, Colin. Can you hear me? Can you, I'm I'm currently bunkered down all the uh you know wooden uh whatever storm you know whatever's are fucking flapping it's crazy <laughs> it's just like twister <laughs> <laughs> the cows are circling around my house i repeat the cows are circling around my house <laughs> uh greg buddy you there you're fond of me lobster ain't you broken in a virginie family. i seen it you're fond of me lobster Greg, I, I, I think we lost him. Greg, Greg, can you hear us? Ah, oh, man, that that's the uh, problem with this stuff. Oh well, well. Uh, maybe we'll see him again in the heavy side layer. Well, we can hope so. Up, 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 Greg. <laughs> okay, well, if you couldn't tell, it's just Brian and I, and uh, we don't know where Greg is. Um, we'll hope for the best. We will hope for the best. Uh, I'm sure he's out there with Poseidon or King Triton or whomever. Uh, Aquaman, maybe? uh, (laughs) (laughs) If you see him uh, floating, just holding on to a door, um, (laughs) you know, uh, pick him up or let the proper authorities know. (laughs) Yeah, please do that because we want our Greg back, our captain back. But uh, earlier this week, there was a big rally that, you and Greg went to, isn't that right, Brian? Uh, yeah. In fact, it was the launch of the King County, uh, Bernie Sanders sort of campaign. Oh um, yeah. Despite rumors, I did my best to try and start by just walking into the room and saying, "Hey, I heard Bernie Sanders is going to be here today." Um, he didn't show up, so I don't know who I don't know where these unfounded rumors came from. But. Damn. So that's why you, that's why you're Yang Gang now, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. me, me, and Greg. Uh, of course, we don't support Bernie. We were there to do the Mayor Pete dance, uh, <laughs> just relentlessly against all the Bernie support. <laughs> so it, I saw some photos. I even think I saw some people that we know. Like maybe I saw Bjorn in there. Rich Smith, maybe even was in there. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that Bjorn was there because he didn't come say hi to me. So I guess we know where we're standing. <laughs> um, no, we actually met several listeners at the oh, show. Oh, that's awesome. So sh- shout out to all those guys, including a guy who spell- also named Brian who spells his name incorrectly. No big deal. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, uh, Maddie, frequent show guest, mm, uh, mm-hmm. spoke at it as well as uh, Sean Scott, friend and endorser of the show. Uh, was the MC. Um, You know, uh, it ended the night, of course, with uh, Shama Sawant speaking. Um, Awesome. You know, who knows, right? (laughs) Maybe a friend of the show. (laughs) And... but yeah, I mean, it, it was good. I mean, they had uh, just a cavalcade of speakers, including like two or three high school students who had resumes that are like at 37. My resume is as long as these high school students. <laughs> uh, 
just all sorts of accomplishments. And at one point, I leaned over to Craig and I was like, I think when I was a senior in high school, my biggest accomplishment was filling a TV full of gasoline and pushing it <laughs> off a bridge into a storm drain. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a little embarrassing. Um, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, and it was generally good. Uh, you know, it, it's crazy. It was at Washington Hall and there was probably like, mm. it was full, uh, you know, about the bottom floor and the balcony where, you know, me and Greg were, of course, up in the balcony, like Waldorf and Statler. But, uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, even the balcony up there was full, you know, probably a couple yeah. hundred people at least. Wow. And that's, uh, that's rad. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy. You know, I, I was actually thinking about it and I actually turned 18 just in time for the 2000 election. Uh, between Bush and Gore, I of course Damn. voted Nader. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. throwing <laughs> Texas to George W. Bush. With oh, my so vote. we can, we can according blame to my, you for that. Yeah, according to my father, yes, he's <laughs> still very much on that train. But uh, yeah, uh, so this is election like six for me now, and to see this far out, you know, a candidate actually like. You know, it's not like Bernie was fucking there or anything. It was just like a bunch of locals. Like, he, come here, city council members say they support Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And the place was like full. People were, you know, excited. I mean, it really is um, unlike anything I've seen in any previous election I've been a part of, to be sure. Uh, okay. Let's just say, yeah, let's just say John Kerry was not garnering this kind of enthusiasm at any point. I just um, heard that Ghoul was coming out for Biden to say that uh, they. Biden got hoodwinked on his Iraq war vote or something. Yeah, I mean... The <laughs> he guy... got swift voted into voting for Iraq. Yeah, none of, none of our listen, listeners will know this because all our listeners are, of course, Zoomers and were you know not even born yet when John Kerry ran. Right. But uh, John Kerry, when he came out for the 2004 DNC convention, literally came out to like military band music. <laughs> and he came out and gave like a salute and just said John Kerry reporting for duty and his whole oh. thing was how he would fight the wars better because you know he was going to run a Ronald Reagan like foreign policy so he'd run, he'd run everything better and uh not like that that dunderhead bush who just didn't kill enough Iraqis <laughs> i guess uh so so with that that is my core memory of wow. john Kerry. so with that it was of course uh let's just say rich that he was out there being like uh biden got hoodwinked uh, let's blame <laughs> yeah. it for the rack war position it's like no nah, no nah. i blame you all <laughs> they love that war yeah oh yeah oh they couldn't get enough of it they, that, that and i love them 2004 they're like this is a winning issue <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what people want 20 years from now they're gonna be like dude it rules that we're still in Iraq. <laughs> yeah, right. We've been in, uh, yeah, fucking Iraq for most of our life at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really since 91. So, I mean, that's a crazy right, yeah, thing to think right. about. But, like, we, since 1991, we basically bombed Iraq every day, uh, which <laughs> is astounding. Cool. Yeah, yeah, good Lord. <laughs> astounding. Uh, I don't think that as Americans, we really sit back and appreciate that enough. That being said, I mean, lots of good speeches, lots of inspiring stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I won't name any names or whatever, but the one thing that uh, did suck at the event was uh, one, I think Maddie was like the second to last speaker to go. It was literally the first, you know, of course, Iran was on everybody's minds. Yeah. And she was literally the first one to say the word imperialism or suggest that maybe the wars of the Middle East might not be some sort of hopeful accident, uh-huh. <laughs> but might be part of a larger thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had like somebody from the Young Democrats who was going on about how like uh, one that Bernie Sanders uh, was 
a good candidate because he was uh, a good businessman, which was an interesting <laughs> tactic. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> that, that that hit the room like a wet fart. <laughs> and, then, oh, uh, and then you know the usual shit of like uh, you know the problem with the you know a war with Iran is that America just doesn't get anything out of this. And I was like, oh well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Would it be cool if we? I, one, I, I I think you're wrong on that, but also like, would it be cool if we did? <laughs> like, like, yeah. You know? right. <laughs> <laughs> we came and we got those like Iranian, you know, like foreign reserves. So, uh, you know, the war is now a success. It would have been embarrassing otherwise. Just uh, brutal. That's th- wow. So there was That's some rough, of that, man. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, not to like characterize the whole night as that, but yeah. there was some of that shit. And it just reminds you that like the Democrats are, especially when it comes to foreign policy, just completely, uh, fucking useless really <laughs> like it's it's a real yeah, it's yeah. it since john Kerry, a lot of them have learned literally nothing it's astonishing <laughs> yeah but yeah damn so. well i'm glad that you and our captain went uh it does sound like it was mostly a good time that's that's cool yeah it was really good the energy was super high i want you to know colin that afterwards mm-hmm. um the coolest kids from the rally uh-huh. all went to uh, uh a bar uh oh, yeah. we're not gonna do any free advertising here but we all went to a bar and i still don't want the uncool kids to know they went to the wrong one but the point oh. being at one point we were uh sitting at a table with uh uh sean scott you know a city councilman or a city council candidate a real mm-hmm. serious guy mm-hmm. uh day you know a journalist respected journalist yeah the day. um uh, a lovely listener and uh this woman who had to flee india for uh political reasons and uh we were me and greg were literally yelling at them about cats and i think we might have <laughs> <go> see cats. <laughs> so. oh you're putting yeah you're putting the time in doing the work uh, yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Nobody is supporting cats as much as us right now, and that's what sets this podcast apart. We have to. It's <laughs> yeah. Who else will do it? Yeah, no I think, better time than now. <laughs> yeah, I think we uh, changed some minds. I think we, uh, you know, really helped some people out. Honestly, changed some lives. Maddie, by the way, is still pretending that Cats is bad, so I don't know what's going oh, on I th- over there. I thought that uh, maybe she was coming around, but uh, I guess more indoctrination is in order there. Well, I was talking to her partner, Selena, and Selena tells me, she's like, I, I was telling her, I was like, literally all me and Brynn have talked about since seeing that movie is fucking Cats. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I've talked about any movie this much, th- this year at least, if not ever. And as I told her, I was like, at some point we have to acknowledge we're not doing irony anymore, that we're just yeah. fans. <laughs> we're talking about it this much. <laughs> uh, yes, I've been there. I, I know the struggle. It feels good to just earnestly lean into being a cat's head. <laughs> Come home, Brian. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> <clears throat> well, yeah, that's that's awesome. And um on that note of Iran, I know that there was a really cool editorial that our own paper of record, the Seattle Times, put out. Uh, well, that- I'm not sure why anybody would care what the Seattle Times thinks about Iran, but I'm also sure it's going to be very measured and thoughtful. 
<laughs> as it always is. And uh, yeah, that exact thought crossed my mind as well. Um, I, why even touch this? But okay. <laughs> so I thought we could read this. If you're, I, I think you have read this already, but we'll read well, it. Well, I wasn't going to destroy the illusion of the podcast, but yes, okay. I have read it and it is great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sent it to you guys because I agreed with everything it says. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. Uh, and I think all our listeners will find out why. So this was titled Don't Squander Moral Authority in Iran. fucking amazing start (laughs) go on (laughs) yeah that's like whoa okay uh so this was posted january 6th and uh it's it's our friends at the seattle times editorial board so this is all the heavy hitters the like sixth generation blend and freaks (laughs) Um, yeah all the people that are dying of like rare blood diseases from the blood of family yeah yeah Yeah, all the creatures that are like irradiated (laughs) by space or something and barely alive uh so they begin Whatever moral authority the United States had to justify the killing of Iran's top general must not be squandered by President Donald Trump. So, I mean, let's just begin at the beginning right there, right? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love just without any, uh, it doesn't need to be expounded on or anything like that. I mean, we definitely have the moral authority (laughs) to murder a foreign diplomat on the airport of uh, one of our colonial holdings who have been invited there for diplomatic talks. Yes, I'm I'm glad that we're not going to question that just very normal political practice at yeah, all. That, that sounds uh, highly moral for sure. <laughs> I also love that the language here is so like delicate that it's almost like maybe it is kind of almost like, did we have moral authority? Uh, <laughs> if we did, let's just make sure Donald Trump doesn't squander it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like, like a shrug, like, uh, but, well that, uh, I mean, just the idea, I mean, forget like the details of what happened. Uh, Look, don't squander the moral authority that our uh, robot assassination program, <laughs> like yeah, right. our our, mach- our mechanical death from the skies program, has. <laughs> yeah, from some like kid in Las Vegas with an Xbox controller. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, that is that's how we open, and that yeah, that's just screaming start. So yeah, good. good good lord. Threatening to destroy Iranian cultural sites and flout laws of armed conflict, as Trump did repeatedly in recent days, severely undermines that authority. It also increases tension at a time when the U.S. must be committed to de-escalation and preventing war with Iran. And so just to show that, like, you know, if you're an editor or, you know, part of the editorial board at the Seattle Times, you're like no less a completely fish like fucking monster than anybody <laughs> at the New York Times, the Washington Post that, you know, this this whole thing of like, uh, <laughs> 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 we we basically have to have this fucking war, uh, you know, and that the really the only problem is like uh, maybe just Trump did it in the wrong way. I mean, just fucking awful. Yeah, yeah, that that is that's it. It's like, well, he's doing it the wrong way. And and what do you what do they think 
an assassination is going to do? Do they really think that's a de-escalation? <laughs> so, I, I mean, like, uh, good well, lord. It reminds me of, if, if I could just read it for just a second. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so the State Department released this press release uh basically so iraq of course uh after this immediately held a vote and said like the u.s needs to get out of our country yeah uh, and, and since iraq is not a colony or anything like that we definitely immediately got up and left right <laughs> so the state department <laughs> issued a, a press release that's literally one paragraph basically telling uh like no we're actually never gonna leave iraq fuck them and the first sentence which reminds me of this first paragraph so much is just America is a force for good in the Middle East, period. Okay, oh. cool. I guess no need to look into that oh. or think about that at all. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no just... citations needed. We're good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just brutal. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bullying threats do not project strength or power. Instead, they raise questions about Trump's values strategy and the advice he's receiving or absorbing as the Iran crisis unfolds. And so again, is it, uh, so projecting strength and power, this is just a good in itself, right? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, the, uh, people have to be afraid of us, but we just have to be clear about why they're afraid of us. Yeah. Right. We need to be more Thor, less Loki, I guess. <laughs> <clears throat> International support is needed for any Middle East strategy to succeed. The United States also needs to play a long game in Iran in hopes of eventual regime change and better relations with its large and educated populace. Educated is a link, but you know I did not click that shit. <laughs> By the way, the, the implication, if they were not educated, uh, bomb them at will. <laughs> yeah, they deserve to die. Upholding international standards of conduct is also needed for the safety of U.S. troops overseas. None of those important goals are achieved with illegal behavior. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? So, you know... Again, the U.S. has been uh, bombing Iran's neighbor since 1991, a neighbor that we once sold chemical weapons to to use against Iranian civilians, but we won't even get into that. But like <laughs> bombing them since 1991, multiple, you know, the Food for Oil program had multiple, yeah. like multiple U.N. Uh, you know, heads of uh, you know, people that were in charge of the Food for Oil program called it a fucking genocide. So I love this idea of quibbling about like, this could be illegal. <laughs> like, you know, like you can imagine like the Nazis standing in the middle of Poland and looking at like some Gestapo officer who like kicked a door too hard and broke it and being like, look, man, we're not here to break rules. All right. You know? I'll get those Jews in the train. <laughs> like, you know, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, this is this is incredible shit, truly. Uh... I mean, international standards of conduct. Yes, the US has been upholding those fantastic fantastic <laughs> oh my god well you know the thing that is so frustrating to me about this and there's uh, there's a bit more so i'll just like touch on it briefly is how <clears throat> this is so emblematic of the centrist need to be like political galaxy brain oh yeah <laughs> which is literally the next paragraph but yeah <laughs> yeah right so let's just let's go right into it it may turn out that the drone strike that killed iran's major general Qasim Soleimani last friday in baghdad was justifiable and shrewd 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, or it may not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see which way the wind's blowing in a week and <laughs> see where we're at. But yeah. Well, yeah. But the <laughs> test of leadership isn't whether Trump can pull a trigger. The test is how well he plans for and manages the consequences. So again, I mean, this is the typical liberal position of, uh, look, it, you're not a bad guy just because you murder people all around the world. <laughs> you're only a bad guy if you don't think about what you're doing the next day. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, right. Uh, and that's where the real mistakes happen. Uh, now let's get this war going. (laughs) (laughs) Voters will decide in November whether Trump is doing a better job in Iran as promised by abandoning a multilateral nuclear treaty and killing Soleimani and fulfilling a signature campaign promise to end the endless wars in the Middle East and bring troops home. Well, see, that's interesting, too, because like this idea that, you know, uh, whether Trump's doing better in Iran as promised. You know, Trump's promise to his chud base, which actually wasn't bad, was that he just wasn't going to do war in the Middle East anymore, which, right. by the way, is a, the fact that that is like what really launched his campaign and like what really built the power of his base shows that really everybody hates these fucking wars. <laughs> yeah. But I love the Seattle Times can't come down on a side, though. They're like, oh, like they're, they're still good, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, go Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, that's like that second sentence, right? It's like, mm. it's how you plan and manage the consequence, which is war, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, war is just an inevitable uh, consequence, too. Like, you know, it's not one of those things that uh, should be avoided at all costs. Right. Or, I don't know, uh, if you use, like, the Nuremberg Standard, is, like, the fundamental <laughs> crime that nations commit, <laughs> right? You know, Um <laughs> Like, you know, a Seattle Times editorial that had like actually any sort of courage or whatever might be like, hey, uh, maybe we should hang Donald Trump, the secretary of state and the entire Defense Department for committing an act of war, you know, as per our treaty agreements. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I would love to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Congressional pressure might not rein in the president's rhetoric but it should force the administration to better explain its Iran position. Oh, there you go. Uh, We're not going to do anything to stop this. Uh, We just want, like, uh, we want to use, like, better words in explaining it to us, I guess. Yeah, we we want them to make us feel better about the war that's about to happen. Some Seattle process in there. Some transparency. (laughs) That's what we need. The result is never the goal. It's the process. (laughs) (laughs) It's how we got there. Democrats in Congress are rightly proposing a war powers resolution, stating that the president does not have authorization for war with Iran. This is unlikely to pass the Republican-controlled Senate, (laughs) but the deliberations are necessary. The administration must also declassify the document, notifying Congress of the Soleimani attack, so representatives can ascertain its legality. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Just come on. Just jerk it off for fucking ever. Especially with the Democrats in Congress, too. It's like, oh, yeah, he needs to ask us before he has a war so that we can vote unanimously for it. For it, yeah, because we we want this just as badly as he does. Yeah, and we never vote down a war. (laughs) Yeah, that, too, and it's like, oh, how about this? Uh, If you're worried about all his war bullshit, 
why did you all vote for his defense fucking budget? Oh, you know, yeah. why did you vote mm-hmm. to allow him to create a fucking space force? Like, yeah. why did you why did you vote every year to increase the de- defense spending under a guy that you at least publicly claim to be some sort of puppet of Russia? Unless, of course, you don't actually <laughs> believe any of that shit. That's for your idiotic base. But whatever. Yeah. What? Yeah. And I mean, like, sort of to that point, I think we're touching on the brain worm that liberals have which is that what they're most concerned about is whether or not rules are followed and obeyed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, this so, literally comes down to he didn't fill out the appropriate paperwork, yeah, which was yeah. like, you know, when Liz Warren got like fully bodied by fucking Megan McCain in an interview on The View, <laughs> which I mean, anybody thinks that like Liz Warren's a viable candidate. I mean, come on. Like she literally got outwitted by uh, the like dumbest child to ever get a job because their parents <laughs> you know because their daddy was a senator and uh, yeah and her whole basic thing was like i guess everything trump did was good except for the fact that he didn't like uh put the proper request it was like some office space shit like he didn't you know he didn't put a uh cover page on the right. report yeah. you know yeah like, like a technicality basically yeah. yeah yeah exactly a bureaucratic process yeah. <clears throat> which is just <laughs> It's like 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 we talked about earlier it's just like obfuscating the brutality of what we did and what we intend to do. Oh yeah, like getting, yeah. Getting focused on this legal minutia and not the real world consequences of the things that we do. Well, as a society we created a flying fucking robot whose job it is because it can fly for just hours and hours at a time. This is just patrol the sky in circles until we find a child at play so that some fucking dipshit in Nevada can, you know, yeah, using his Xbox controller can drop a bomb on it and then post the video to his friends, you know, while like hitting some, you know, code red. Right. And, you know. I love that none of this can be discussed or debated or anything like that. Like just how utterly fucking awful and inhuman all this is. Like, no, let's just talk about bullshit paper. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about anything yeah. that actually happened. Right. Or yeah. yeah. Saying thanks, Obama, for building up this uh apparatus. Yeah. For, and I mean, uh, you know, people consider it to be uh you know it's it's a uh, gauche to say this or whatever it, it breaks whatever dumb internet rule that some fucking nerds from the 90s are all into but uh i will again say that uh we killed 500,000 children as part of the oil for food program so i think this is actually yeah. apt but imagine if you were at the nuremberg trials and like some guy was up there describing like the horrors they experienced in the camps and stuff like that and your only response was like look look nobody cares about that all right let me see that paperwork. Did did the, did the Auschwitz guard file the correct paperwork to bring in the prisoners and shovel them into the fucking ovens? Right. If he's and by God, if he's if he didn't dot a single eye or didn't put a single uh, cover sheet on there, uh, he is through, sir. At least a two week suspension. <laughs> you know, I mean, like you're talking about, you know the worst fucking crimes humans can do to each other yeah. in arguing about process. It's, I mean, it's, it's it fucking should beggar the conscience. Like it's fucking awful. Yeah. It's, it's ter It's really truly terrifying. And though they start off pretty, uh, turgid with their moralizing, they kind of give that up, uh, throughout this, but 
that doesn't mean that other liberals aren't doing that moralizing oh, yeah. for them when they paint Suleimani as like basically Osama bin Laden Jr. Uh, and enemy number one, even though yeah. no one Nobody knew, knew who he name. was. For the, yeah, for the most part, uh, is also pretty reprehensible. Um, and so, I mean, like, if you if you want to play Galaxy Brain, doesn't seem like it sets a great president precedent because uh, now I don't know if you're an Iranian, you might think you could kill a general somewhere. Oh well, uh, and also like uh, you know, for future American president presidents, right? Yeah. We've, oh yeah. Uh, we've completely set the precedent that you can just kill like any like normal poor person. We've long ago set the precedent that you can literally do whatever you want to them. Kill them, torture them, torture them to death, right? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. We've we've just, as a society, have said, that's okay. We all agree with that. We're all okay with it. <laughs> and we just don't care, right? right? But now, I mean, it is like an escalation. Be like, okay, well, how about this? Important <laughs> foreign heads of state, <laughs> you know, just out in the open, right? You know, like yeah. uh, on diplomatic missions, uh, which, I mean talk about like breaking down uh you know uh, nothing's better than uh countries being paranoid that they're all about that the u.s is about to invade them at any minute and then destroying any way for them to have like international communication and diplomacy (laughs) (laughs) you know which uh after that iranian airliner got shot down uh the u.s blocked the iranian uh uh one of the Iranian counselors from basically getting into New York so we could go speak at the UN. So the cool. U.S. basically like, oh, you know, we actually, we control, the, I mean, the thing that everybody knows, but you're not allowed to say out loud, we control this international body. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, right. it, if we decide that you're an official enemy, you just don't get to, uh, you know, participate, you know, yeah. which yeah. again, cutting off diplomacy, <laughs> you know, for uh, various groups, definitely this has, it will have no bad consequences down the road whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that that's what is incredible, I guess, for me to swallow is how many people are out cheering uh, this move. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it just the complete lack of backbone of the entire Democratic Party, basically. Sands, uh, one Bernard Sanders, his foreign policy has <laughs> actually gotten a lot better. And, yeah, you know, thank God he was the only one that was like, you know, like war is fucking insane. <laughs> you know, this is crazy. Yeah, let's uh, not do this. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we're almost finished with this, so here we go. In the meantime, the State Department and Pentagon, if not the White House, should affirm that the U.S. military will not target cultural sites in violation of law and treaties. (laughs) Human beings, perfectly okay. (laughs) Cultural sites, I mean, that's going too far. Uh, You know, look, uh, as a historian who loves all that shit, like... uh, yeah, it sucks that we care more about that than we care about any humans in Iran. Yeah, and this was, I, I think, honestly, this was kind of a shrewd move by ISIS to just, like, really troll the the West by <laughs> destroying so much history. Um, it basically, I mean, they really hit, uh, I mean, they couldn't attack the United States directly, yeah. but they really hit, like, fucking American 
you know, wealthy American dipshits in the only place that actually would hurt them. Like basically by doing two things, which was taking over oil wells and selling the oil themselves, right? Which pissed <laughs> off. Which let's be real, that's why the you know, the United States hated ISIS so much. Yeah. But the other one was, yeah, going out and being like, look, you obviously don't care that we're throwing people off buildings or anything like that. Yeah. So how about this? We'll blow up one of your, you know, beloved tourist traps. Now you now take a yeah, deal with that. Um yeah, but I mean, it is this astonishing thing. I can't remember what podcast I heard of this on, mm-hmm. though. But I mean, they did mention that uh, this it like for Trump to threaten this, it is like this thing that has no parallel in the U.S. Because like the U.S. literally has no culture or cultural sites. <laughs> so like, you know, we've insulated ourselves from this by like literally having just nothing of value. Yeah. <laughs> And, what about uh, the Mall of, like, of America? Yeah, basically, right? Like, yeah, we have like literally <laughs> nothing of historical, religious, like value at all, right? And so, uh, you know, we've insulated our from ourselves from this, but also like have no idea how people would react if we went and just like sort of bombing like Persian cities, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. That might actually unleash a reaction that we aren't prepared for because uh, we have no humanity. So we don't understand how <laughs> other people might feel if we took part of their humanity away. Yeah. 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 And uh, I don't think that we see those people as people at all. Yeah. And another thing that this touches on, which I think I uh, maybe mentioned uh, in our brief conversation before we taped, is like, um, this is really chiefly all about aesthetics again, this whole thing, even the moralizing, but especially this bit, which, as you've said, it's like, it's perfectly fine to kill hundreds of thousands of children, to bomb people from the sky with robots, uh, to perform extraordinary rendition on people and just detain them indefinitely uh, to humiliate them uh, in prison. But you know what's not okay? <laughs> it's not okay to bomb cultural sites yeah, yeah. in violation of law and treaties. It's like, what fucking law and treaties do you think we aren't obeying? You know, like- But I know... I've definitely mentioned this multiple times on the show. This is one of my favorite things that Ed Murray ever said or did, which was one year, that year the uh, SPD like rioted all over Capitol Hill on May Day. Uh, Ed Murray was being interviewed for by like blabbermouth by the stranger. And him and Eli Sanders were basically like just in a f- fight over who could come up with the most absurd comparison for like the black block. And Ed Murray's was that they were ISIS because they had spray painted a statue over at the college. And he's like, they spray painted a statue. They destroyed art. That's what ISIS does. And I was like, yeah, I think, and a few other things, but I mean, it really shows where that type of person, like how they value stuff. Right. Again, like for him, ISIS was that they destroyed some art pieces. Not that they were like chucking people off of buildings or like parading townspeople, like around in cages or anything like that, you know, like are creating the worst, like, uh, a refugee <laughs> crisis of the modern era. That wasn't the bad thing they did. Yeah, the bad thing yeah. they did was they blew something up, you know. Uh, which, I mean, to be clear to listeners, totally. like, that, is, that is bad, but in comparison, you know, to the other things, like, you know, what are we talking about here? Yeah, <laughs> and, and that feels like it just gets lost, and uh, it's certainly not mentioned even once in, in this piece, which is almost oh, yeah. concluded. Um. So here it goes. Let's just finish this. Yeah, yeah. I'll finish. I'll shut up. This, so we can no, 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 no. Uh, 
I'm dragging it out too. So as the United Nations Education Scientific and Cultural Organization stated Monday, these heritage sites are universal vectors of peace and dialogue between peoples, which the international community has a duty to protect and preserve for future generations. Destroying such sites is immoral. Threatening to do so is not being strong and tough. Rather, it is being frighteningly petty and short-sighted. America is better than that. Is it, though? <laughs> I know. Again, <laughs> is uh, it? <laughs> like, like, if you look at our cities, like, we literally, like, our society just functioning actively does this all the time, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. we're not even allowed to have historical sites or anything like that mm-hmm. because the city is constantly, like, metabolizing everything around it, eating it, and turning yeah. it into some cheap fucking clone <laughs> of whatever it used to be. And, you know, uh, everything, to use the, you know, an academic term, everything becomes just a simulacrum of a simulacrum. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah it's just a copy of a cheap copy of a cheaper copy. And it's, <laughs> I mean, it just it just gets grosser and grosser. So yeah, I mean, like uh, you know, America's better than that. No, America is that. Like, you know, America is ISIS blowing up the statues and shit. Like, that's just we're that just on a massive scale. Just like you know, if ISIS is the family farm, uh, we're the massive like plant grinding yeah. all the animals. Yeah, the pulp. we're like Monsanto or Conagra or something. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, their sort of phony baloney concern here of this shit. I mean, especially in Seattle where, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there like is no functionally is no art that isn't awful. Um, (laughs) But it reminded me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Somebody put a Henry sticker up on the gas station by my house. And I was like, "Uh oh, gentrification. (laughs) But um, gentrification incoming. But. the other night I made Bryn watch uh, the movie that I have actually more and more, I used to say it as a joke, but actually I, I am now like cats. It's not, I'm not doing irony anymore. I actually authentically <laughs> believe this uh, might be the best and most prophetic movie of the last decade, which is the movie, the uh, Roland Emmerich classic 2012. And, sure. Yeah. And in 2012, the basic premise is so people who watched it at the time, who were dumb, had small brains, didn't understand <laughs> it, were like, oh, he thinks there's a mind apocalypse and, you know, he's like taking it seriously or whatever. That's why he's releasing a movie the year it's supposed to happen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that uh, Roland Emmerich's all about climate change. The movie's all about climate change. But anyways, so the world's going to end and the wealthy find out first. And their uh. response is to, one, uh, build bunkers for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> which they charge a billion dollars a seat in the bunker to ensure that only they can get in, cool. which is going to lead, of course, to a hilarious incident the first time a toilet breaks. <laughs> but the other thing they do is they collect all the art in the world, right? And of course, mm-hmm. not like real art. They're like just going and like, uh, what are the things I saw in a textbook one time? So just getting, you know, like the Mona Lisa from the Louvre yeah. or whatever and replace it with fakes because instead of filling their bunker with humans who could actually create more art in the future, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're just stealing the old dead shit 
that they think is important because it costs money, right? Damn. And building up like that and then all climbing into their tombs because none of these people would be able to survive on their own for like more than a week, you know? Right. These like the dumbest, worst people that humanity has ever created. Yeah. And they all climb in this giant tomb with all their fucking old dead art uh, <laughs> to just fucking be buried at the bottom of the ocean and let all the rest of us die. And I was right. like, this is uh, the world we live in. This is the most prophetic film of our era. <laughs> and this is how we're all going to die. <laughs> Damn. I, you know, so. I missed I miss that one. But now I will have to check it out. Um, yeah, it also looks badass. I mean, Roland Emmerich, nobody kills the planet better than Roland Emmerich. So. Yeah, that was kind of his his jam, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was his deal. <laughs> That's what he did. <laughs> John Cusack is in that, right? I'm pretty yeah, sure he's um, what, like a... He's John Cusack, well, he's dad, the right? everyman. Yeah, he's the everyman audience surrogate, which means uh-huh. that he's a deadbeat dad. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there we go. Roland Emmerich's like, also in the future, all dads are deadbeat dads. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Oliver Platt is in it as oh. uh, the like sort of snaky. Uh, I think he's supposed to be like the, you know, department head a a state department head or something like that but anyways the fucking snaky sort of you know white house official oliver platt is villains fucking he's amazing yeah that well just that whole plot sounds pretty incredible and prophetic like you're saying because we know that people like peter Thiel have bug out locations they're they're doomsday preppers i mean they yeah i mean good thing you're related so you can get in one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, yeah well yeah yeah no shit like if, if people listening if you've not seen 2012 like watch it and put your you know like you're gonna have to get past the fact that they talk about mayans and shit put on your they live glasses and see what the <laughs> film's actually about and uh i, I think you're gonna, you're gonna agree with me it was the best film of the last 10 years and it's actually not even debatable damn well i will definitely have to check that out because it sounds cool as hell <laughs> um, unlike this fucking garbage editorial. So again, go fuck yeah, yourself, yeah. freaks. Uh, that was terrible. Yeah, yeah honestly, uh, you know, next time you're hanging out, uh, ISIS, uh, don't pull up a statue, blow up the Seattle Times. We'd hate <laughs> yeah. it. It'd be awful. <laughs> that would demoralize us as people. Well, think of all the David Horsey cartoons we would lose. <laughs> we would lose. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be if they were building the bunker in Seattle, they would be like taking their framed David Horsey cartoon <laughs> <in> the bunker, <laughs> taking up space. Oh, incredible. <laughs> uh, well, on that amazingly uplifting note, we have another super uplifting note, which is a very special edition of the Platy Wagon, which we haven't, oh, wait, haven't done in a while. Oh, wait. Should we pretend the? Should we do the thing too of like, oh, what's that noise? Do you, oh, do you yeah, hear sure. that, Colin? Sure. Oh, there's something approaching. What? Oh, you know that sounds really familiar. Is that the platy wagon? I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we haven't had a visit from the platy wagon in some time. Yeah. Um, well, you know. <laughs> We have weirdly been uh, covering a lot of election stuff and things like that, and we've forgotten that our boys at Seattle PD have also been hard at work. So <laughs> They really have, though. I, I feel like there's been so much stuff that we haven't even talked about. <laughs> oh, God. I know. Like, uh, you know, one, they just killed a guy over here at Lake City. Uh, they shot somebody to death just recently, too, I think, over in Wallingford. But, yeah, you know, they've they've been at it. I mean, they're on a tear this year. Uh, 
the reformed Seattle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Literally a month after uh, the Seattle City Council in a completely cowardly fashion signed that awful fucking contract, they kicked the year off by murdering somebody shortly after midnight on New Year's Eve. Oh, God damn. So, you know, we began the year. Couldn't make it one day. I think we got like two hours in uh, (laughs) 2019 before they murdered somebody. Oh, brutal. So, you know. And they, the the terrors continued into 2020. Um, this is, of course, a story from a year ago uh, that's just you know kind of, sort of come to its conclusion here. The events happened a year ago. We always you always get to hear about these things after the fact, right? But um, a Seattle police officer and his partner who were asked by other officers, uh, there had been a car wreck, right? A hit and run. That was just a minor fender bender. Yeah, and. <clears throat> I think they had the the license plate of the car that had taken off. So the police officers actually doing the investigation had asked somebody else, hey, can you go to this house that the license plate's, you know, marked to and uh, registered at and uh, see if you can, you know, find this person, right? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, get their contact info and all that stuff so we can yeah. find them. So this cop shows up and he decides, he tells his uh, partner ahead of time, Hey man, I know this is a lie, but it's gonna be fun. Uh, he goes to the door. The gentleman who was involved in the hit and run uh, is not there, so he talks to a woman there who knows him, and he decides that even though this was a fender bender where absolutely nobody got hurt in any way, he goes ahead and tells the woman, "Oh yeah, the person he hits in critical condition condition and is probably going to die." Wow. Yeah, that's a normal thing that normal yeah, that, people do. That sounds right? like fun. <laughs> As uh, that officer later explained his OPA investigation, he was just engaged in a ruse. <laughs> you know? A uh-huh. fun ruse. Some hilarious hijinks. So, in the course of... Of course, the woman, apparently, according to the officer's partner and according to their video camera, the woman who they were telling this to at the house, who, by the way, wasn't the person involved in this hit and run, uh, became immediately extremely upset. Oh, I want that's um, really odd. That's an odd reaction to have when you find out that you know. Yeah, remember might how we talked about how it. Yeah, remember how we talked about when you have no humanity, you really don't understand <laughs> what it is for other people to have it, right? Like, and what it might mean. Yeah, uh, I think this is another key uh, sort of thing or example here. But yeah, so she, of course, gets a hold of the person who uh, was involved in the hit and run. And tells that person that, yes, uh, you know, apparently it's worse than you thought it was. Uh, there's a person in critical condition and they're probably going to die. And this is all true because I was told it by the police. Right. Um, and doesn't she per- doesn't she tell him to get to get find a lawyer or something? too? Yeah, like that, that he should go find a lawyer yeah. and get, you know, obviously be prepared for, yeah. you know, a criminal proceeding. Right. Yeah. Uh, this person had had some legal problems in the past and was obviously not in like a great state <laughs> or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, they apparently, of course, you know, everybody in their social circle seems to have heard about this. Uh, one of their friends said that they had, you know, after hearing this, had read them the riot act about, you know, look, you know, you hit somebody, you ran away and you killed them. Like, you yeah. know, and apparently had like really gone into it on them. And the again, hit and run driver had, burst into tears and seemed like inconsolable mm-hmm. eventually leaving them they had left them 
a pile of their personal belongings with a note saying, if I don't come back, you can have these, right? <laughs> a good oh, sign, Oh, yeah, right? uh-huh, yeah, right. Um, so by all accounts, this person was completely distraught about the events and, of course, committed suicide, So, which we were driving towards, obviously. Yeah. Um, so what we have here is a Seattle PD officer who was bored and wanted to have a bit of fun, play a good joke. Like, uh, he was probably like, you know, he likes uh, Jackass and he likes Tom Green, right? <laughs> Tom Green show fan. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, just play a fun loving prank, you know? Just a little, yeah. A little prank the community, right? Mm hmm. And, um, I mean, the, the irony is, it's actually, uh, I don't know if you remember, like, Chappelle's show. He had the, yeah. the joke, like, show that he was going to have, uh, where his, like, joke prank show. And one of the comic bits in it, because it was so insane that it would only be, like, a comedy bit, <laughs> is he went to people's houses pretending to be a police officer and told them, like, oh, your loved one has gotten in Iraq. <laughs> And they didn't make it, right? <laughs> you know? And then people would be, like, completely distraught, right? And he'd just be like, you got zapped, right? <laughs> and the joke being, of course, uh, you know, the root of comedy, the situation is so extreme and insane, right? So right. outside our world that, you know, uh, we can find humor in it. Uh, so the police officer decided to do just that. He's like, hey, I'm going to make zapped real. Uh, as he told his, his partner, this is going to be fun. We're gonna have oh, a great time. Yeah. And uh killed somebody, right? Engaged in actions that according to the OPA, they claim shocked the conscience, right? Which I think is true. <laughs> yeah. And I mean literally directly led to this person's death. Um the officer themselves, uh here we'll I'll I'll kick the last uh paragraph here and we'll talk a little bit about what happened, but the yeah. officer themselves told the OPA while it was regrettable that the man took his own life, he insisted he wasn't responsible and said he hadn't abused his discretion or acted unprofessionally. Uh, so, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, and I thought, too, it presented an interesting dichotomy between the police officer, right, uh, the fun or, or lovable prankster, and the hit-and-run driver, where as, you know, Maybe some people listening are going, but he's a hit and run driver and that's awful or blah, blah, blah. The hit and run driver felt bad about what he did. Like right. he felt moral responsibility for this fictional person that he mm -hmm. might have killed. Right. Right. The police officer feels not bad at all. Right. Just not yeah. one ounce of, you know, uh, sorrow, not one ounce of feeling even mm -hmm. remotely responsible uh, the behavior you might imagine a fucking sociopath might have <laughs> uh, just just doesn't feel it at all. Just like, oh, hey, shit happens, right? When you're when you got a prank show, yeah. uh, eggs get broken, I guess. Yeah. So, I know, Colin, what you're thinking. What kind of criminal charges have we brought against this man? <laughs> I what? Yes, uh, you're right. That's that's exactly. Will it be I the chair? <laughs> Will it be the gas chamber? The guillotine? The news? Some people say life in prison is worse, actually. So, True. Yeah. Yeah. What are we going with? Uh, well, the Seattle Police Department, uh, that at one point during their uh, supposed reform process, 
and actually agreed to provisions saying that officers actually uniquely in American police service weren't allowed to lie to people in interrogations. Mm. I guess we've forgotten about that. We just thrown that right out the window. But anyways, uh, the Seattle Police Department decided to really throw the book at him. So he's going to get uh, a six day suspension, uh, which will certainly be overturned at some point with back pay in the next you know six months I mean, yeah uh that is the history right so i mean i can't imagine it's gonna be any different in this case but yeah he got a six day suspension so i'm sure he'll really think about it yeah and, that uh, will show him yeah well look sometimes if you kill somebody you gotta take a time out <laughs> you know you gotta sit in the corner and think about what you did yeah you're just gonna have to go home uh, you know, get on uh, Fortnite for seven straight days or six straight days, really upgrade your characters, uh, get some new like body armor and stuff for them, get some cool guns, um, you know, really, really take your medicine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure that will, will give that officer pause um, and he'll come back better for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can only imagine that what's actually going to happen is he's just going to be planning even more elaborate pranks. Yeah, right. Because, uh, I mean, you know, this one, you know, was a banger, so he's going to have some more for the future. <laughs> yeah, right, because he literally killed. Yeah, well, and, you know, our beloved, beloved patrons might recall at our episode last week, I believe it was, that we talked about having watched an officer's <laughs> funeral. Yeah. And then we had some fun with it and we laughed and we said it was funny. <laughs> and I just want to reiterate, it is funny. <laughs> and this is why. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, so, that is uh, our official position. It is funny when police officers die. <laughs> and this is why. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I can't imagine any healthy, normal person playing any kind of joke or prank on somebody like this. Um, could, could you imagine, I mean, as an adult, right? I guess yeah. if it was somebody who was like 10, yeah, you'd right. be like, okay, I mean, maybe we should keep an eye on that kid a little bit. But like, <laughs> all right, they're, they're a poor judgment and nobody believes them anyways because they're 10. <laughs> right. Um, but as an adult, somebody in a position where you know that the person's going to believe you, right? Because yeah. of the position you hold in society yeah. doing this, right? Like you have to have like i said you know there apparently there are some people who have humanity in this world and some who don't <laughs> and fucking that's one of them right there so just i mean fucking unbelievable well I mean, we are truly unbelievable. We, we are the sheep right we we need a shepherd we need a strong hand yeah yeah and i mean you know it, it, to be fair like seattle pd has done worse things like we got right. you know seattle police officers who like get people down on their knees and then just shoot them in the back of the head and things like that a mm. real thing that happened uh yeah. in early january of 2019 cool. um also without any sort of punishment um you know we have police officers who do that you know uh yeah. who engaged in very direct deliberate violent behavior but there's just something about the just cruel sort of callousness of this and the idea that you're just having a fun laugh at somebody's expense that, you know, somehow like cuts through even that noise of just being especially fucking disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I, it's, yeah, it's really, truly reprehensible. I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. Gross. Uh, and I'm, I am glad though that they're reformed that. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, and you know, 
uh, and I will say the Seattle Times article is full of all the same language that we've had in our paper for 10 years about how, um, yeah, you know, just people quoting city council members and stuff like people from the OPA and stuff being like, mm-hmm. yeah, it just shows that uh, we got to keep going with the reform process, which apparently, you know, we have 10 years of atrocities that show we have to keep going with the reform process. <laughs> and if, as far as I can tell, the only reform process we have is saying in articles after police kill somebody, <laughs> we have to keep going with the reform process. Seems to be the only process that actually exists. And uh, it, it, it's just, it's, the, it, it, you know, it, it's a much smaller deal, but it mirrors in a lot of ways these imperial disasters in the Middle East and Af- Central Asia and Africa and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where, you know, nobody can tell you why it keeps happening. You know, we all see that it's awful. And apparently we just are completely helpless to do anything about it. Like, you know, we're just in this complete impasse where it's like, yeah, we yeah. all see it. We know it's a fucking mess. Mm-hmm. But what can you do? Right. Yeah. yeah. We're, <laughs> you know, right. we're, we, we police all, are going to police. What are we yeah. going to do? Yeah. We all feel powerless to stop everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, once again, you've managed to make me feel real good about being alive. And uh, <laughs> especially <laughs> another <in> the- <laughs> uplifting episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Get uh, 2020 started off right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Get 2020 started off right by watching 2012, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, well, I we don't have any new patrons to thank, unfortunately. Mm. But do better, uh, guys. Do better. I'm sure. I'm sure that will change once people hear that we really hate <laughs> cops. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure my <laughs> comment about how when police die, it's actually funny is going to really build support for the show. That's going to that's gonna resonate. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that you just build brands and marketing on, I think. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think that was it for us. Uh, please, if you're not a Patreon subscriber... Go check us out on Patreon. We have many, many episodes, lots of cool stuff. Some episodes where we say it's cool when cops die, most where we don't. Um, <laughs> where it's I think just only, subtext. Only one episode is mostly about cats, too. So that's there's true. even some non cats uh, material in there yeah. for, for you weirdos out there. And we are working on fixing that uh, <laughs> ratio. Per usual. So, yeah, go check that out. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye.